And we're going to get straight into the Word. We had Kaylee Cross last week. I heard she was incredible. And uh, we're so grateful. We were away in Hawaii at a conference. Terrible place to go. Don't recommend it. Horrible. And uh, suffering for Jesus. And we were able to have a little holiday and come back. But I'm feeling ready. And I hope you're ready. Are you ready for the Word? Get out your Bible. Get out your digital device. If you don't have those, we've got a big Bible, big screen that you can read on. And uh, we've been in a series about God's heart, our heart. And our heart beats. And so if you're here for your first time, second time, this is actually a great day to be here because you're really going to hear why we exist. You're really going to hear what is this all about? So if your friend brought you today, perfect day to be here. We want to we wanna just talk to you about our heart. And today we're looking at our heart for the many. The many. Can everyone say many? many. Our heart for the many. And God has always had a heart for the many. In John 3.16, He said, For God so loved the world, John said it, the world, for God so loved the world. He didn't say, for God so loved the church that He sent His only begotten Son. He said that for God so loved the world. The world. The world. The many. The, the barista at your workplace. The student at a high school. For God so loved the world. You've got to know here today that God cares about the many. God cares about the city of Sydney. God cares about every single parent, every married couple, every single person, every child. God cares about the many. Look at this in Matthew 9, 35 to 37. Read on with me. It says this, Jesus went through all the towns, villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Isn't it good to know that our God can heal? Our God is not far off Gandalf looking figure in a distant land. God is here now and in the name of Jesus, there's power to heal sickness and every disease. And then it says this, verse 36, When He saw the crowds, when He saw them, I'm praying that God would give us eyes to see the many. To see the many. And we don't just attend church, we are the church. Church is not a building, it's a body. And I pray that we would be like Jesus in that we would see the crowds. You know, like driving in traffic, anybody? That's okay. You're not putting your hand up because it sucks. <laughs> okay. Driving traffic. Sometimes I'm, I'm driving traffic and just looking at the people and I, I feel broken. When He saw the crowds, when you go into a place and you see a lot of people, I pray that we would be like Jesus and be broken. That we wouldn't just walk past, but we would see people. That we would see like Jesus he saw the crowds and He, God anointed them and told them, fix your life, get it together, you annoying people. He saw the crowds and He had what? Compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then He said to His disciples, Hey boys, hey guys, 
Shut up and listen for a second, Peter. The harvest is plentiful, meaning many people are ready for Jesus. Many people, people all around you every day of the week are ready for Jesus. The harvest, meaning that they are ready. Harvest, meaning that it's ready for the picking. It's ripe to be collected. Not waiting on it, it's ready. Jesus said, the harvest is ready, it's plentiful. But the workers are few. Meaning that people who are seeing the crowds and having compassion on them are few. The difference is our activation in gathering in the harvest. It's not that the harvest is not ready. God wants us to reach the many. Mark 16, 15, Jesus says to them, go into all the world, there it is again, and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. And then He says, anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. So Lord, we pray, give us that heart for the many. Jesus, help us see people everywhere we go. In Your mighty Name. They all said, Amen. Can you thank beautiful Evangeline, looking lovely today, looking angelic. And uh, thank you so much. Hey, uh, Jess and I, we, we just love being right here in the centre of Sydney. You know that, right? That geographically, on a map, Silverwater, what's up, is in the centre of Sydney. Right smack bang. In the middle, where the many are. Where the, I've grown up in Monaval, and that's in a long distant land, far away. But right here in the middle of Sydney, there are many people ready for the Gospel, ready for Jesus. Man, we, we are so excited about where we are positioned, where you're positioned. And then, I mean, I mean look at this building. We own this building in the centre of Sydney. We got it for 4 million. It's now worth 10.8. Praise Jesus. And if we were to think that we're here just by accident, we would be very wrong. God has positioned us physically, permanently in the centre of Sydney for the many. I love the fact that there are over 50 different nationalities right here in our location that there's probably over a hundred different nationalities in our scope. And that we could have people from every background, every culture, every persuasion, every, everybody from everywhere. We don't even have to go and be a missionary. Come on, somebody. You don't have to fly to another land. You can just walk down the street and reach somebody from another culture. Because we're in the centre of Sydney. I don't think you're as excited about it as I am, but that's okay. That's why I'm leading the way for you. We we have an opportunity like never before where thousands of people are moving into Sydney every month. The many are on our doorstep. The many are at your workplace. The many are in your street. It is amazing. And we have so many things that are incredible. We have this, we have you. You should be way more proud about yourself. We have you. 
and you and you and you and you. Come on, turn to your neighbour and say, we have you. Everything's going to be good because we've got you. We have an incredible team. We have an amazing youth ministry, kids ministry. God has blessed us. We are blessed. We're not struggling. We're not just trying to make our way through. We are blessed. We have a big spirit and a big mind. We have big vision. We have a mezzanine that needs filling in Jesus' Name. We have, we have a room to fill. We have connect groups all over our, our suburbs. We have an opportunity. You and me. Us. And as we are generous, big-minded, we can see so many things happening. We have C3 College starting next week, day and night. We have the most day college students we've ever had signed up for day college. Thank you, Pete Tracy, for your support. And it's not too late to come to see I want you to look at this little video I got for you. Have a look, have a look. Come on, how good. Can you give it up for Rob and Karen Derrida? Rob is the Dean of our college. They've been preparing. If you get a chance, run up to the gallery, see what they've prepared for our students. Let's believe God for hundreds of students to be raised up in the centre of Sydney. Right here, don't have to go anywhere, right here, let's believe God for students to be raised up, empowered and prepared for the call of God in their life. I have, honestly, there is no reason why we couldn't see thousands of people just here. Like, like yes, across SYD, but there's no reason we couldn't see thousands of people in this location right here. There's no reason we couldn't have five services a Sunday. And all the team said, boo, <laughs> but, but we're going to do it in Jesus' Name because we are not here to maintain what we've been given. We are not here to sit on what God has given us. We are not here to just look after it and give it back the way we found it. That's not stewardship. Stewardship is when you take what you've been given and you make more of it. Have you heard of the parable of the talents? Come on, can I preach this to you? The parable of the talents, you've got the guy with five, the guy with three and the guy with one. Guy with five, uses the talents, gets five more. Master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Guy with two, Puts it to work, brings back two more. Master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Same result, same proportion of increase, celebrates them the same. Guy with one talent. And I think it's kind of rough because the master says to him, Ugh, you wicked, lazy servant. That's, I mean, geez, Jesus, you know, this, this I thought you were kind and loving and, and, Jesus, the master, says this to this guy. But here's the deal. The guy with one talent, he didn't lose it. He didn't misuse it. He just didn't use it. And so he lost it. And what we take for granted will eventually be taken away and given to those 
who will be faithful and fruitful in Jesus' Name. And I'm looking at a bunch of people who are faithful and fruitful, who are five talent, two talent. Some of you are 10 talent, come on, wait up for the rest of us. Some of you have talent in you that is yet to come alive. Some of you have skills that we haven't even seen yet, but God wants to release them in your life for the glory of God. We're not gonna sit on what we've got, we're gonna take it further. Come on, are you with me today? Let's do this, church. Let's have a heart for the many. A heart for the many. And what I kind of want to do is break this into two parts. First part is, what does the many think of us? So we want to talk about our heart for them, but when the many drive by this building on Silverwater Road and they see that big sign that you cannot miss, what do the many think of us? What, who do we need to be to reach the many? And I want to give you three quick thoughts about who we need to be to reach the many. Number one, I believe we need to be secure. Everyone say secure. secure. We need to be the kind of people who know who we are in Christ. Who know our identity does not come from what we do, but from who we know knowing that I don't get my identity from my position or my bank account or my relationship. I get my position of authority and calling from who I know. His name is Jesus. And if you know Him, you have all you need. Because sometimes as humans, we can get threatened by other people. Ever been threatened? It's okay, you leave the pastor up here, it's fine. <laughs> threatened. You ever, you ever been felt threatened? Like you look at someone else and you go, wow, this, this guy is good. <laughs> and I'm not as good, you know? And you start to feel threatened. I gotta tell you, we need to make enough room for people who've never known God, but have a lot of gifting and have a lot of skill. We need to make room for them. We're not gonna push them out. We're not gonna keep them out. We're not gonna make it difficult for them to fit in and be a part of this. We're gonna release them into the gift that God has for their life. So we need to be secure, not threatened. We don't need to be tryhards. Be a diehard for Jesus, but don't be a tryhard. Be confident. Don't be trying to make Jesus look good. He's good all by Himself. Just point people to Him. Don't be the Saviour. Don't have a Saviour complex trying to save everybody and trying to make the way for everybody. Just calm down. You know, just chill out. Point people to Jesus. Be kind. Be humble. Be a good listener. Be faithful. Turn up every Sunday. Be on time and watch how God can use your life. Don't be a tryhard. Be a diehard, but don't be a tryhard for Jesus. Be secure. There's this story of a guy called Saul, 1 Samuel 18, 6 to 8. And I'm just going to pick it up in verse 8. Verse 8. It says, Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. The refrain, it says it just before it, says that, that, that all the ladies, when David came back from war, they sang this song. It was a gorgeous song. It was lovely. And they sang, they sang, <laughs> let me just get it right. Saul has slain his thousands. <laughs> 
and David his tens of thousands. And Saul, he's like, hold up. (laughs) Me thousand, David 10,000. And then it says Saul was very angry. And then it goes on and says, they, they have credited David with tens of thousands. He thought. It wasn't a conversation. He thought. Because most of your insecurity comes from your thoughts that nobody else is thinking, but actually you're thinking. And it's so funny that when you get in a room in a social setting, we look at each other thinking what they're thinking about us. But the hilarious thing is, while you're looking at them worried about what they're thinking about you, they're looking at you worried about what you think about them. Oh Lord, help us. (laughs) And so he thought it. He didn't say it. It wasn't like someone said, oh, David's gonna take your kingdom. He just thought it. Which is why you need a connect group so you can share some of your crazy thoughts and you can say, hey, is this this right? And they can say, no, dummy, that's wrong. (laughs) You need to talk it out sometimes. I've done this. I've had crazy thoughts. You ever had a crazy thought? That's okay, leave me up here again. You ever had a crazy thought and you talk to somebody and then you say, is this crazy? And they say, yes. And then you say, thank you. I'm not gonna make a decision based off that dumb thought anymore. That's why you need community. Saul was angry. He says this, but what more can he get but the kingdom? Have you heard this scripture? There's a scripture that says, one puts a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And here's these girls that sing this song. Saul has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. Could it have been a prophetic picture of what Saul and David could have done together? But David, Saul was so insecure and threatened by the very thing he should have been celebrated. He couldn't bring him in. He had to get him out. And could it be that there are people in our world that will make us better, but we're too insecure to let them in? And if we brought them in, not only are they better, but they make us better. Let's be secure. Let's be confident. Stop apologising for your faith. Stop apologising for believing in something. Stop and the world will want you to apologise for the truth. But don't apologise, marry grace and truth, but do not apologise for what you believe. Be confident, be secure. Daniel 11, 32 says, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Do, Do not, let's not get our identity and our value from our position. If you're leading a team, don't get your value from that. If you're this on the team and you have this title, please do not get your value from your title. Position is not to get value. Position is so you can bring value. Wow, you could write that down because that's quite helpful. Position isn't to get value. It's so you can bring value. Your value is already settled in Jesus Christ. So now that that is settled, I can have position so I can bring value to the team. Second thing I think we need to be is unified. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John 17, 22 to 23. I skip down and it says in verse 23, I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then, then the world, the many, 
will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Unity shows the world that we belong to God. So we don't gossip. We don't tear down. Just bring me that plank. I I preached this message a long time ago, but I just want to remind you about the old Jesus plank and splinter principle. And that is, Jesus said it like this, if you have a plank in your eye, stop trying to help everybody else with their speck of dust. Deal with your plank so that you can help somebody else. Don't walk around blaming everybody for your issue. Come on, too real, I'm sorry. But don't walk around beating everybody up with your plank because we're not leading ourselves first. Let's deal with the plank and then help others. And let me tell you something. All of us have one of these. And if you're here and you're like, no, not me. That's your plank. (laughs) That you think you don't have one. Jesus said, deal with the plank first. Take responsibility. Thanks, God. Take responsibility, ownership of what I need to grow in. And now I'm going to help others. The issue with the plank is because it's in your vision, what you think you're seeing in somebody else is actually what is in you. And so we blame other people for something that is actually in us. That produces a spirit of judgment and religion. Not here. We want to create a home for the many. A place where people can walk in and experience the grace of God. Yes, the truth will be there, but they experience open arms where we are in unity. Not hitting each other with our planks. Not gossiping. Not talking behind each other's backs. We're honest, we're clear and we're kind. Amen. Third thing, servant hearted. Jesus said it like this. Matthew 20 verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. This platform is not for stars. This platform is for servants. Leadership is not for stars. It's for servants. Connect group leaders, it's not about being a star. It's about being a servant. If you lead a team, it's not about... Being a star, it's about being a servant. Preaching is not about being a star, it's about being a servant. I pray that when the world looks at us, they see that we are servant-hearted. Not trying to get something for us, but just simply trying to give from the abundance we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Part two in three minutes and 20 seconds. So what is... If that's who we need to be, what is our heart for people? And our heart for people is that they would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. And I just want to look at these really quickly in reverse order. Firstly, discover purpose. i got a picture of a guy called Jordan Middleton. This guy in the red hoodie. He came into our church When he was 10 years, I said red hoodie. (laughs) Pray for me, everybody. In his red hoodie. I'm colorblind. Thank you, Lord, for his blue hoodie. And, And Jordan came into our church when he was 10 years old from a non Christian home. 
gave his life at 12 years old, joined the worship team, started to play bass, played bass and served in the team, found community, found friends that are his lifelong friends today. His family still don't go to church. His parents are on a journey, but he for 15 years has been in our church every single week, serving, outworking the purpose of God. Recently, probably two years ago, I said to him, hey bro, um, I, I need a graphic designer. And I said, can you graphic design? He said, no. I said, great, get started. And so he, he started graphic designing. He now is a full-time graphic designer. He has his own business. He works at church full-time graphic designing. He has designed all this stuff for our youth right across Sydney. God has a purpose for your life. And for the many, my prayer is that they would discover it in the house of God that we would have some of the best production people in Sydney and they serve on a Sunday in the house of God, that we would have the best musicians in our city and they serve on a Sunday in the house of God, that we would have the best communicators, that we would have the best creative people, that this would be a place where people discover their purpose in God. Second thing in reverse order is that they would find community. And community is so important. Life alone, it sucks. And community that is centred around Jesus will change your life. And I just want to invite up really quickly Naomi and Rowan Tui. Can you guys come up here? Can you give these guys a huge welcome as they come? Thanks, guys. You look gorgeous. Well, Naomi looks gorgeous. Rowan, you look handsome in that red shirt. <laughs> Sorry, let's come on the, come down the step. Come on the step. Stand again. You're right. So I wanted to ask these guys a couple of questions because they've, as a family, thanks to Ella, been through um, a really challenging time with their beautiful granddaughter. And can you just tell us really quick summary just of some of the journey, Rowan, for you and your family? <sighs> I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> About um, two months ago, um, our 10-month-old uh, granddaughter, Mila, um, yeah, she swallowed a button battery. And um, it, was, it was lodged in her throat for about 10 hours on that day. Um, when, when the battery was removed, the, um, the doctor that did the operation, he came into the waiting room where all of us were waiting. And um, he said, guys, at this point in time, um, we don't know the, the extent. There's too much swelling around the injury. So all I want you guys to do is go home and pray. All we can do is pray. It's all we can do is pray. Right. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so Naomi, like, um, going through that journey, and we have been seeing the faithfulness of God week by week. It's still a journey, but we are seeing the faithfulness of God. We've seen healing. We've seen God moving. But can you tell us, um, take the mic, but can you tell us some of that journey? And I know a lot of people have been standing with you and praying. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, well, when it happened, the very, I'd say, when we got the news, uh, within that 10 minutes, I text uh, Pastor Vivian 
who's been our rock and our go-to person ever since I came to yeah. this church. And I asked Aruni and Pastor Rhonda just to pray. I just gave them, I said, please pray for my granddaughter. She swallowed a battery, you know. And just uh, like when we got to the hospital, we had all our family around us. Um, you know, Pastor Vivian was there for us. She came there and it was just like praying with us, just supporting us. Aruni and Pirini in Monday morning asked, can they come and pray for her? Like just for people to just drop everything and just be there for us just meant so much. Yeah. You know, and like calling you all, uh, email, uh, texting. We just said Pastor Patrick was just turning up and supporting Dane and Emily through it. Um, Ash and Laura was, was pregnant on the last and was there for them. You know, like it's, it's really been such a great support and it's, it's helped us through this journey. Yeah, amazing. You know? Amazing. And what, what has that done for, your, for you two, for your faith and your walk with God? The power of that community. Yeah, like it, look, we've, we've um, always loved God. Um, our faith was tested. And I tell you, like there was days where we just, you know, we just break down. But having a connection with our church and the, the WhatsApp, the Connect leaders, just putting out messages there and people's response, you know, just encouraging us, you know, when we're down, they uh, uh, building us up and uh, when, we, when there's good news, they're celebrating with us. You know, people that I don't even, I've never spoken to in church have come up and said, look, we're praying for your granddaughter. You know, it's, it was just so nice to hear that just yeah. everybody yeah. that knows us, and even if you didn't know us before, this, that, that everyone's in with us in this journey, you know, yes. and it, it just meant so much, and it's just made us stronger, and in our walk, like, um, you know, encouraged, like, giving us in, encouraging scriptures to read, and just knowing that, you know, Jesus has done it on the cross for us, you know. He's, he's done it all already. Just keep on, keep on, you know, yes. relying on His Word and His promises for Mila. She was dedicated in this church. Yep. And I know that my God had His hand on her yes. and He's got His hand on her yes, for the God. rest of her life. Yes. You know? Come on. Yeah. And this is the power of community because you can keep community at a distance, but when you're going through a challenge, you need community. You need people who are close enough to you that they can stand with you in prayer. So please lean into community. Join a connect group. Be a part of it. Can we just pray for our beautiful family here? Lord, we just thank you. For Rowan and Naomi, we thank you, Lord. For Dane and Emily, we thank you for beautiful Mila. And we prophesy today that that young life is called by God. That what the enemy intended for evil, God is going to use for good. And there will be a day where she will stand even on this platform and declare the good news of the gospel, that the hand of God is upon her life. We declare it. We believe it. We thank you, Jesus, for healing, strength to strength every step of the way. We thank you, Lord, for peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. You can be seated. Give it up for Naomi and Rowan one more time. What would it look like if there was community all across our surrounding suburbs? Have a look at this map. This is a map and there we are 
These are all the surrounding suburbs. What could it look like for us to reach the many if we had a hundred connect groups on every street corner, in cafes, in high schools? What would it look like where we could be, be spread, scattered across our city and our suburbs near us so that we can bring the hope of Jesus to people everywhere? This is what it would look like. A hundred connect groups would cover It would cover lights on a hill, city on a hill. This is what it could look like. I pray if you're thinking about starting a connect group, come and see us at the Next Step Bar. God wants to use you to reach the many.